Welcome to the Spinner Rack. This is episode four. This is the exclusive patron show all about comic books. Woo-hoo. I am Todd Oxtra, your host. Hopefully you know who I am. Joined by Charlie Carton. Maybe. Maybe. And you know what? People, people don't forget Charlie Carton. How y'all doing? Welcome. And thank you, Patreons. We are always so super grateful for our awesome Patreons, including uh, Jamie Prinkley at our Best Buds level, new person, and a brand new Excuse me, at our, uh, oh, Ty, you didn't put the, you're going to put, put my knowledge to the test. Friend zone, Charlie. The friend zone. That would be Francine, who is, I love it when we get a new Patreon that we're, we're not sure who they are, but Francine, we're looking for you, and, and we hope to, to see you again real soon, figure out who the heck you are. Cause I think it's Francine. Not Francine. Francine. Well, you type yeah. Francine. Oh, there you go. And then, <laughs> as always, on our BFFs level, which Todd, no apostrophe, um, uh, level, that would be the the wonderful Nias family. That would be Sean, Stella, and Henry, and my very dear friend, Missy Merchant, who's a fan, uh, friend of Jamie's and got Jamie to, to join us as well. And she's also, she just did an episode of Code 47 with us and is a great contributor to the Personnel Files, which is our interview show. So, Missy, we appreciate you. Nias family, we appreciate you, and we appreciate everyone all together you make this great program possible so todd what have you gotten me into with this comic good oh my goodness charlie yes uh so um this will just to let everyone know the little in the the, because charlie will be going on a vacation so this these shows will be coming in and out of order a little bit but um you'll get this one in about a couple weeks from the time you're recording this so something might have changed but uh this does not and that's what's great thing about this we're doing an old comic book and it's not that old which is A-X-E, Judgment Day, 20, this came out in 2022, it stands for Avengers X-Men Eternals, um, which is like Axe Body Spray, say the jokes you want. I know, Um, and and I I would believe that someone like the Hulk, who was not in this, would really need it, but even Cap running around, I mean, he's like the world's top athlete, I bet he would stink, I mean, no matter what. So yeah, Axe Body Spray for Cap. Yeah, unless Tony Stark gave them all anti-stink uh, technology, which, you know. Right, which he actually, thing. you remember the line from Endgame, he kept a, uh, a thing of Axe Body Spray in his drawer for emergencies. This was definitely an emergency. Yes, so so uh, this series, it, it was uh, Marvel's latest event, uh, six issues um, for the main event, and then I would say there's probably another 12 to 18 issues of supporting materials you could read if you want. Um, This kit was published in July of 2022, written by Kieran Gillen and artist Valerio Shitty? Skitty? (laughs) We'll go with Skitty because um, we don't need to hear him saying that his last name is Poop. Unless that's how it's pronounced, in which case, mad respect. (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like a very Italian name, so Skitti. Oh, and the man, yeah. you're the Skitti. Exactly. Art, that, that's not offensive seemed, at all. The, the art seemed very Italian. I, exactly. I, I didn't. I did, that doesn't make any sense. What, what is Italian comic book art? I mean, it must. Does be everybody Italian. look like Super Mario? I don't know. Or, dude, or Little dude, Caesar? Dude, dude, <laughs> dude, oh, pizza, pizza, pizza. pizza. Oh there my god, go. that was no. that was April's first job there in her tiny little hometown of Ithaca, Michigan. Was she she worked at a Little Caesars in the early '90s when they were doing pizza, pizza? Oh yeah, those were the good old days. I remember I worked at a Kmart that had a little Caesars oh, kitchen in it. Todd, Todd, 
Todd and I both have a, a storied past at, at, at a superstore. I worked at Target one summer when I was, when I was at MSU. Yes. Uh, re- retail, no. <laughs> exactly, yes. So, um, yeah, hopefully all of our banter has got you ready for a, uh, a very exciting comic book series. Marvel's known for their events. Um, you know, the earliest events were like, you know, Secret Wars. Marvel, uh, DC had Crisis Infinite uh, on Infinite Earths. We've just gotten these annual events that are typically – uh, multiple teams crossing over uh, as a self-contained series versus a big bad. Sometimes then you get them extending into the individual series as well. Right? Yeah, and it was it was Secret Wars two that really pioneered that for Marvel because yes. Secret Wars one was weird. It was twelve issues, which obviously was twelve months. But if you followed the core titles, Avengers, Fantastic Four, it was a blip. Like. At the end of one, like the whole, there was, you know, an apparatus in Central Park and our characters were compelled to approach it. They walked into it. And then in the very next episode, they walked out of it or next issue, they walked out of it. And so, like, for example, Spider-Man picked up his alien symbiote costume in that and you, you still didn't know why he had it. Because it wasn't explained. So they they kept saying about, well, if you want more details, go, go Marvel Superhero Secret Wars is on sale right now. And it took place over the 12 months where with Secret Wars 2, it was ongoing. And there's like, here's a, you know, there's a tie-in in Amazing Spider-Man. There's a tie-in in the X-Men. There's a tie-in in Avengers, blah, 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 blah. Um, where this, in the modern age, you know, and I t- I've told you, the one that broke me for these big modern Marvel crossovers, and I, I, I can entirely blame it on my wife, April, because she said, well, I want us to read the whole thing was the war of the realms which i still i think i still have a poster hanging over on the other side of the the basement here at my new studio by the way if you haven't seen it i'm very excited but on the other side is the laundry area and anytime i get one of these posters from a comic shop i slap some poster putty on it and it goes on the concrete wall until it gets too cold and it falls off i think war of the realms is still there (laughs) yes yeah but that was the one that it was like it was in like 25 parts and all this different stuff and like i you know i was i was doing physical comics still at the time and so april was like let i want to read every one so i got them all and then yeah it was a terror to try to get it yeah exactly thank you very much how many what do you count there like oh there's a lot so what i was doing and you'll see it i'll have an overlay on the video when you're watching this if you do please watch the video if you're getting some patron it's part of your subscription you might as well enjoy it but um if you're getting the audio i'm gonna go over this judgment day checklist um so it started off in july 22 with axe Eve of Judgment number one. Then it went to Judgment Day proper. Then in August, it essentially had two, four, six, eight, ten individual stories, including um, the actual Judgment Day, but then there was a Death to Mutants spinoff. Then it went to September, had two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve parts, including uh, uh, you know the Judgment Day official issues, but then also uh, a, another Death to the Mutants an Axe Avengers issue. Um, then it went to October, two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, uh, 12. My goodness. Again, uh, within a um, uh, Axe Eternals issue, number one, um, and then an Axe Star Fox and Axe Iron Fist, really? Um, and yeah, then... Yeah. You never ended up seeing him in, in all of the core books. Yeah. So, yeah, and then uh, this wrapped up in November, the series with Axe Judgment Day Omega number one. Right. So right. as you kind of yeah. see, it's like they did some one shots um, right. and that they did some two shots, which did, it's like, okay, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I, know. Um, I did read uh, along with this, folks. We'll get into the core of this, but I did read um, Death to the Mutants 
number one and number two, just to see what was going on. Was it fruitful? Was it really necessary? And my verdict is it wasn't. It was just more filler, <laughs> more filler. Right. If that's, you really wanted to see it. That's where we're at. And again, I talk about this War of the Realms, which was probably four years ago. And it was it was filler city. And that was, was before, like, was that before Marvel Unlimited or no? No, no, just four years ago. Mar we've, Marvel Unlimited has been around for 15 years. Okay. Yeah. So, but still, yeah. if you wanted to read this thing in real time, you right. had to pay real hardcore money to go to the comic book shop and, and spend five bucks a book. And I was, you know, I was obviously very altruistic and so much that I wanted to support my local comic shop. But I got to the point that it was like, you know, when you have those physical books, that pile of shame just keeps growing and growing and growing. And that's what got me out of reading comics the way that I did is that I just I just could not keep up. No. Um, but, you know, the flip side of that is that there, you know, if you really like if you started reading this and you were absolutely crazy about it and just had to have more, it was there for you. It was there, and they had this nice little checklist so that you were reading it in sequence. Uh, you know, and the best example of of this comes closer to the end with a resurrection of a character that I saw coming a mile away. But it was interesting because I was reading it just this morning, Ted. We were talking in the pre-roll that you were you just finished before we jumped on, and I also just finished this morning of when we're recording this in the afternoon. Um, and I was afraid when you got to the end of issue five that I would have to jump over and read something else in order to finish this, but they just set up something that I thought was, was fairly germane. But anyway, we should yes. probably start from the beginning, right? Yes. So, and just let the folks know that, um, the only good thing I could see of all these things happening is you do get introduced to a lot of characters and maybe you're like, I want to read more about the fantastic four or somebody else. There's, right. there's tie-ins. So like it's essentially selling you other books to get into. So that's, and you might find your next favorite series that way, but it is true, hard to keep true. up with that many books. Cause if you read, so. I think I'm at 36 issues for the over a, over a, like a four month period. Wasn't it, isn't that your like, grip? Like three or four uh, months? Yeah. August through the beginning of November. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah, exactly. starting in July. Cause it started in July. So yeah, exactly. exactly. So, but we're going to really focus on only the main six, six issues. Yeah, yeah, These exactly. are all on Marvel Unlimited now. So if you want to check it out, I think there might be a trade that might, might be coming out soon as well. If right. you want to read it physically or track down the individual issues, but right. to Charlie's point, we'll give you the premise. So basically Please. In the land of the righteous, the X-Men claim they're the planet's new gods. The Eternal know that position is already filled. The Avengers are about to realize exactly how many secrets their so-called friends have kept from them. Years of tension led to a volcanic eruption as two worlds burn. Who has le leaked the X-Men secrets to their latest foes? Why is Tony Stark abducting an old friend? And who stands in judgment over the whole world. So that does a good job of incorporating kind of where we're at. Um, but I think what I have to give you is a little precursor for everyone, including you, Charlie, probably, because a big part of this is the premise of the story is now the X-Men and mutants are can be resurrected. They yeah. essentially I was missing that. I was yeah. their death. Yep. So this concept came from the powers of X um, right. House of X, I've, I, and I've read a few because I know about yeah. Krakoa and the portals. Yeah. Because there was, um, oh, there was an X Men Fantastic Four crossover because mm -hmm. they wanted Franklin Richards because he's, you know, he's a yep. mutant, and you know they were they were going to fight over him, and so yeah, though that's how I became familiar. I don't know yeah. if I ever read the end of that one, but I, I would imagine it worked out okay. Yeah. So <laughs> just give everyone like Krakoa is like the living island. It's a mutant. Gi um, yeah, giant size X Men number one. Exactly. So it's, it goes back and essentially they now have a relationship with Krakoa where certain mutants 
Uh, they've aligned to say, we want to use Krakoa in a partnership, a symbiotic relationship, where Krakoa has certain capabilities as a living entity in a mountain, can, uh, an island, can create various substances like fauna and flora, which essentially ended up being like cancer cures and all of these um, wonder drugs that the mutants could then sell to the world as a source of income, which eventually allowed them to become a nation of mm-hmm. very, very powerful mutants, which is cool. Um, right. An interesting concept. But along the way, what was going on in the background is they also found a way to resurrect mutants. And how they do that is Professor X essentially created a hard drive of all the mutants' personas and minds. He basically scans their minds, transfers it so it's being permanently stored. And then along with these are the, this is talking, Charlie, you talked about the five. Well, so hold, they hold on. F- hold on. Yep. Did he have those on the cloud though? Because then everybody knows. You know, spill a little water on that hard drive, they're gone. I mean, uh, it's actually all on uh, jazz drives. Oh. <laughs> or what was the all, other one? Uh, all thumb drives? The yeah, the, or whatever those other really big, like, hold 100 megabytes. It's a, oh, it's a zip disk. Oh, my. Oh, is, oh God, the zip. God, those things were gargantuan. Yeah, exactly. crazy. But anyway, yeah. the five. The five yes. are, who are the five? Pop so the quiz. five are the ones that are uh, needed to then resurrect the, um, the, the mutants once they're That's killed and brought back. stolen yep. from... Battlestar Galactica, because that, that's how the series ended. Don't you remember? The yes. five. Yes. That's how they were going to recreate so, Resurrection. That was the first the time end. anyone yeah. ever used the five. In it a was amazing. Episode. Yeah. 2009. Yeah. Yes. Ron, yeah. Ron Moore's Battlestar Galactica, the final yeah. episode. Look it up. So we've got Hope Summers, who is essentially Cable's daughter. Uh, Gold Balls, which... <laughs> Horrible name. Shut, shut up. That, that, I'm going to call bullshit on that one. Are you serious? Yep. Uh, Proteus, <laughs> Tempest, and Alexa. A lot of these are newer X-Men that I'm not Pro, really yeah, Pro, sure. Prote- yeah, Proteus rings a bell, isn't that Correct. Xavier's son? Proteus yeah, was go. the Proteus was the the mutant that they couldn't take down. They eventually did. Um, but yeah, so uh, that was kind of the premise. So that's been what's been going on in the background. It's finally leaked to the public that the X-Men have this ability. It's created a huge problem along the way. The X-Men have essentially terraformed Mars into a living planet. And they created mm-hmm. gateways between Krakoa and yeah. Mars called Arrakis. The Charlie, they mentioned a couple times that planet Arrakis. Isn't that, a ra- isn't that from Dune? It is from Dune. So oh, there you my go. God. Way to go, you guys. Exactly. Name. So, so Name. essentially... Like there was like, you know, Satellite M, which was, uh, you know, basically where Magneto had. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So this is essentially Planet M, where now the mutants have a planet all to themselves because they figure that's what they need to do to get away. So that's kind of where we're at with the mutants. It's leaked that they can uh, be immortal. They don't like that. The Eternals, and that's the premise of this story is the Eternals are all about exterminating the deviants. And they are there to protect Earth from the deviants. Well, uh, we get Druig, who is now Eternal Prime, who's in charge of all of the Eternals, has which, determined oh, which, which one. Which one was Druig in the? In it the was Barry Keogh. Yeah, Barry Keogh. Remember thought. the Barry mind Keogh. guy? He could read yep, it. Yep, he yep, could yep, change yep, everyone's yep. minds. Yep. Um, yeah. So he is essentially deemed that the mutants are a deviant and should be exterminated. And so womp, the Avengers womp. are kind of like yeah. caught in the middle because uh, Eternals have been Avengers and they've been friends with yeah. the X-Men. Yeah. Uh, and this is the, the the crux of the story is essentially um, they're going to be taken out. We're going to kill them all. There's basically assassins coming in to take out the five. They, they're going in and dropping in. Apparently it's Thanos's grandfather, because we forget Thanos is an Eternal. His father, right. Uranus, um, great name. Uranus, uh, yeah, good yeah, pick. Get, essentially is being held hostage, basically being a prisoner. He gets released 
for an hour on Arrakis is basically to take out all these mutants. He's on, he's on furlough. <laughs> exactly. He gets brought back because he's essentially a living arsenal. He's uh, un, unstoppable, but they have the ability to pull him back in and put him in prison. So essentially he's still a prisoner. Um, and that's kind of where we align. And that's where we start. Cause basically the X-Men fi- or the, the Avengers find out about this. Uh, the X-Men are kind of pissed off about this and they kidnap Cersei to try to figure out the plan. And then we realize that the Eternals are not aligned in this goal. So that's kind of the plot of like how this right. thing gets kicked off. It's a lot to chew on. It's yeah, it's, it's, it, it is very Game of Thrones. You know what? I just, and really it's, it's very Game of Thrones. That's kind of how, where that leaves me because, you know, I, I dabbled with Game of Thrones. I watched it every week, but I, there are people who are so deep into the lore um, that are so, it's like me in Star Trek. It's so far beyond my capacity to be like, well, so-and-so is this and that, and it was their cousin, and they're from this land and that and blah, blah, blah. And this is very, very, very inside baseball, which to extend the Game of Thrones metaphor, you know, I thought that Hot D, House Dragon, what was much more accessible. Um, I struggle to find out how this is accessible because particularly- particularly for people who love the MCU, which is there's far more of normies as you were people who saw the first Avengers films and have been with the MCU. We were just talking about this with our friend Jen Watson on SFU prime Um, in regards to Ant-Man there. There's so many more of them that have gotten into this by seeing the movies and maybe they've dabbled in the comics, but when you get into something like this and obviously the whole reason they want to put the Avengers and they're, boy, they're, they're really holding on like grim death to making the Eternals a thing. And this is clearly an effort to do that. And the X-Men, which are the next big thing for the MCU, trying to create a story that makes sense around all of that just did not work for me. I, I hate to say it. I, I did like some of the asides, like we've got some normal people and this is how it's affecting, you know, this person who rides the bus to work or this person who blah, 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 this thing or that thing. And again, the specific examples are not coming to me. That's great. Humanizing and, and creating that kind of common thread that might be you or I like my kid is sick and I, you know, it was late for work and this thing or that thing. And I'm, or I missed this because my car got a flat or whatever it is trying to humanize that. But you know, I had the benefit of at least being familiarized with, like, I know that the Avengers' current headquarters is the body of a dead celestial in the North Pole, because that's been a storyline for the last, you know, five years ago when I was reading the Avengers Monthly. Um, and I knew about Krakoa because of the House of X, Powers of X thing happening, but the Eternals, no clue. Because, Todd, you and I have read, we read, you're like, this is an okay miniseries, and it was the one with uh, with uh, John John was the artist, maybe he was the writer yeah. and the artist. Yeah, Neil Gaiman was the, the writer for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, which like, okay, this is really notable because it's Neil Gaiman. And we read that, we're like, yeah, this is okay, but I still just don't care about the Eternals. Seeing that movie really didn't help us care about the Eternals because it, it, it was a you know, it's foregone conclusion that it's most people feel, and us included, that it was, it was a mess. It was something that just did not work as a standalone film with brand new characters. Characters. Um, I just I just didn't really see a part of this that that really worked out. But I would be fascinated to have somebody give me a counterpoint, being like, "Hey, you know what? I'm I'm a I'm a I'm dead. I read all these Marvel comics, you know, and I'm into everything, every all, and and seeing all this come together, I thought was an incredible story. I'd love to hear somebody give me that perspective. But, sure. But I just for me, I was lucky. I knew as much as I did going in, having knowledge of basically two thirds of, of the groupings of characters that were part of the story. But other than that, yikes, I think you could get lost from the jump. You know, I don't know. What do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is essentially, uh, this is for the deepest of the deep. This is for the folks that uh, read the comics every week. They, they get into all these heroes, and there are still a, a group that does that. But they are the exception to the rule. This is It's very hard to say, hey, you like the MCU? Read this comic. It, it's not yeah. tied to anything that's going on to that. Um, so it's very hard to say, like, what's a good line for of comic books for people to read? if you like just the movies and it's very hard press, which I think is a challenge to, you know, um, I mean, they, they, what you'd recommend they, to them. They've dabbled. I've read a number of these little one shots as like, this is what Nick Fury did the day after, you know, Iron Man one. And it's this little adventure or this is, you know, blah, blah, blah. Or like how Marvel used to do the little one shots that were, they were ancillary to the movies. It's like, we well, hear something short, but as far as something in the comics, I mean, it's, it's tough. Nick Fury is a great example because Nick Fury was, you know, a World War II veteran and he was very, he and Captain America fought the Nazis together. And then we had the ultimate universe where Nick Fury was black and he looked like Samuel L. Jackson. And that led them to casting Samuel L. Jackson to be Nick Fury. And so they found a way to retcon that back into normal Marvel by saying Nick Fury has a son who's the same age as Samuel L. Jackson, yet Nick Fury himself should be a hundred, but he took a drug. So he ages slowly and it's just, yeah. It's, it's weird. It, it really is. But I mean, getting back to the comic at hand, yes, I mean, you know, it it, it was kind of all over the place in regards to we had the first initial problem, which was essentially the attack on the mutants failed. And so um, you then got a shift on how can we stop the Inhumans? Oh, or, or the Eternals. Well, we're going to resurrect the celestial we're in and make them a new god who will then tell them to stop. Um, and obviously the, uh, when you're reading this comic, we talk about who will judge them. Well, that went, uh, uh, went awry. So then we got the celestial who then decided, yeah, you, you might've made me this I'm, but I'm a God and I'm going to judge you. And you have 24 hours to convince me you're worthy or you're not worthy. Wow. Tall order. And even cap failed. That was the big thing. Cause he, yes. he, got, he got killed off. And that was the, I saw it coming a mile away resurrection that happens in the, um, in the aftermaths of issue five is that they, uh, the, these, your, your five resurrectors and the, and, or the Eternals got together and, you know, they grow people in pods and then boom, caps alive again. So, um, because really at the end of this, everybody dies and then they end up coming back because the, um, the God creature flips the switch and it was just like, Oh my gosh, Charlie, what do you do when you got like a, a computer or you've got like, a, a, a an alien that deals with like logic, you give them a logic puzzle, right? And that breaks right. them. And that's well, exactly what kind of happened. Like I here. said, Captain Kirk talked five different computers to death in the original Star Trek series. So it can be done. Exactly. It's kind of like, can a computer love? I don't know. Love isn't logical, but a computer should be able to. It was kind of like, that was the way. Right. That, but if I'm a god, I should be omnipotent. So that was kind of the, the walk around. So right. oh that's god. kind of then put everything back into place. Right. Um, what? A, so I guess the biggest recap of like, kind of like, what was the outcome of the like, did this change anything? I would say the only thing that came out of this, what we did find about the Eternals also could resurrect. I didn't know, and I don't think anybody else knew, the fact is when they resurrected, a human life was taken. Yes, that was that was the big jump at the end. And I think in essence that, you know, kind of made it to people certainly weren't very tolerant of the uh, Eternals anymore before the X-Men were like, 
hey, at least it's not us. I was going to say, at least we don't kill a person when we bring yeah. them back. So uh, yeah. good we're, luck, we're, Eternals. Yeah, we're moving up in the world because now the Eternals are are the X-Men. Now the Eternals are the despised. So Exactly. And the other part would be that the X-Men did commit to resurrecting X amount of people that were yeah. wrongly taken from us. They talked right. about children with cancer, things like yeah. that. As the, a the, kind the, of a goodwill. Uh, the the downtrend. How yeah. were they going to have the download to bring back some kid who died from cancer? I think I missed that. Part. Uh, that's the hard part. It's like, right. Cause is, is where, they, where is, do they get that data from? So Xavier's the one that does it. So he <clears throat> okay. goes in. So, I mean, is he going to catalog every human ever? That and, seems like a broad task unless and, they unless they call out people like you're terminal. We're going to save you. Right. You're nominated. And when you pass away, we will then right. take action. I think that's the only way they can do it. Right. So it's not. yeah, it's not like like, well, my kid died five years ago. Yoink, because they can't they got to start. Do you from, have some old videotapes? Yeah. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Can we, can we rebuild him from that? Yeah. Cause it's yeah. not like, you know, it's not like data in Star Trek where like, I've got him on a backup drive. Bloop. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. It, so that was kind of like the only things we saw of this. And then we did see that there is a new uh, eternal God. Uh, and maybe there'll be something from that. But it, as we know, Eternals, I think, are going to be used less and less in the MCU, yeah. in, in, the, in the Marvel comics. So it's well, just like, yeah, we don't see the Inhumans anymore, do we? That, you know, no. that, that that train has sailed. I don't know what their, what their you know, their, for, you know, their fortitude is like on the publishing front. If anybody's still dealing with them, I think it's kind of dead stick. Well, now that Disney owns, Disney owns the X-Men, then we yeah. solved that issue, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which, which people, people have always just wanted the X-Men. So, but again, as we talked about on SFU, that could be further in the distance, but that, to, to us, that's fine. Give us a great film, even if it's in five years from now or whatever. Exactly. We'll, we'll still be here. You know what? We waited longer for Star Wars movies, uh, for better or for worse. <laughs> exactly. I will say, Charlie, that was kind of interesting as you looked at the pages and who was actually the main focus of this versus others. Right. And Marvel does right. do a good job of kind of like recapping at the beginning, like who are the characters and then what is kind of the recap last story. So that's good, but they only like show like 20 characters, but then on the page right. you're looking and it's like, hey, there's Dupe. Or there's, I saw Dupe. So. You called it. I was excited to see Dupe, the little green blob with the X on his chest. The yeah. very- uh, but another character they showed, and this is a callback, Starbrand. So Starbrand is our the new, the new universe from the 80s. And I'm they, like, wait, they brought that they, character back? They looped. That actually came from a, a not so long ago Avengers that they looped in because there was a uh, there was some kind of Avengers brood crossover. I know Thor became a brood and they brought Starbrand back in that. I'd have to look into it, but I saw a couple at the end. Now th- there's some conglomeration of like the Sentinels. Now is it the Chibris or something? What was that? Or oh, the uh, that so that there is a group of humans who are essentially going after the mutants. And okay. that's, uh, that's that special group. Uh, more right. of Taggart's talking to them. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But and so love, that, that is like love, Sentinel Nimrod. Is yeah. Like the bad I love, yeah, yeah, exactly. I, they, I love how they limped in the, they looped in your classic Sentinels and I saw your, your Nimrod in there. So I picked that one Absolutely. out. Absolutely. Thank goodness for the Marvel, uh, the, the official handbook to the Marvel universe deluxe edition from the late 1980s. Anyway. It's only good, yeah. I was going to say, I don't know how well it applies anymore, but you know, it's there if you want it. It's, 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 it is there, there it's like in galaxy quest. It's the historical documents. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Well, um, you know, I will say if you're curious, it's on Marvel Unlimited. I would not recommend this to anyone that isn't curious about just not knowing what the hell's happening in a series. I think this is no, no, no Todd. We we would recommend it to people that want to know not oh. not know what the hell is happening. If you like not being like what the blah, blah, blah is going on, this is definitely the book for you. So yeah, definitely, it's on Marvel Unlimited. But again, when you have thirty six 
crossover elements. If you're really into it and thinking it's great and enjoyable, it's all there. If you're like Todd and I were like, Todd, are we, are we done with these six issues yet? (laughs) It was a slog. It was tough, but you know what? That's why we do this program. We're here to kind of give you our takes. And if you think we're nuts, um, read it yourself and add us on Twitter at secret friends, you at T extra at the C three. That would be, uh, us and let us know what you think. You know, if, if we got it wrong, let us know. We're into it. Yes. And we are going to reach out for future uh, suggestions. Uh, just get, we're just going to have to do it enough time so we have time to actually read it and go from right. there. Um, so that'll be fun. So, yeah, um, hopefully you enjoyed this and we're going to do more uh, standalone uh, stories. Hopefully that a little bit a little bit more friendly for people to jump into in the future right. as well. Gotcha. Well, cool. All right. Well. Patreons, thank you for tuning in. This has been great fun. We're very grateful for you. Um, drop us a line. Let us know what you're thinking. Uh, we're happy to do it for you. So I'm going to say bye-bye as always. Uh, sharing is caring and keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In a truck. Excelsior. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server. Or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.